Northampton, I'm woman, hear me roar. Uh, does that mean you eat chick food? Come on, Derek. I don't mean anything that comes from or includes baby chickens. You know that. Well, that's good, because we're about to give the murder king a whopper right upside his nasty, ugly head. <laughs> that's right. All the real men are tuning in now for their dose of kick-ass compassion on Vegan, Vegan Radio. Radio. Oh, it worked that time. Today, Derek is going to talk about the month he spent experimenting with his raw diet, which I was actually able to derail him from once with my irresistibly decadent peanut butter cupcake. She did catch me in a moment of weakness, listeners, but besides that, I've been raw food eating machine and I feel fantastic. We'll talk to some real experts in the field of raw food through an interview with Imani, the owner of Alchemy Juice Bar in Hartford, Connecticut, and Aaron Shu, a raw chef from Hawaii who works at Alchemy now as well. We also have our sound engineer, Scotty, debuting his new segment, The Vegan Media Watch. And our musical guest is local musician Dennis Cromet, who's a member of the band Spanish for Hitchhiking. And I hope he shows up soon. <laughs> uh, as usual, we have lots of naked news to make your lunch break feel a little sexier. So let's take our clothes off. <laughs> and stop talking like that. <laughs> uh, ejector seat. Is there some way we can... Where's that ejector button? I think you're going to have to use it on yourself. <laughs> All right. We got Disney Dumps McDonald's. For 10 years, Walt Disney Company and McDonald's appeared to have the perfect marriage. Happy Meals bore little figurines of Nemo, Mr. Incredible, and 101 Dalmatians. But no more. This is one relationship that's ending in part because of the children. D- not the children. The children. Disney's not renewing its cross-promotional pact with the fast food giant, ending the arrangement this summer. One reason is that the company wants to distance itself from fast food and its links to the epidemic of childhood obesity. Under the terms of the agreement, said to be worth $1 billion to Disney, McDonald's paid $100 million in royalties and conducted 11 promotions a year for Disney films, videos, and TV shows, with seven aimed specifically toward the young Happy Meal consumers. Disney also agreed to let McDonald's set up shop inside its theme parks. Disney declined to discuss the breakup, but in a conference call last year, Pixar Animation Studios chief Steve Jobs who's now Disney's largest shareholder in the wake of Disney's recent purchase of Pixar... And a vegan. And a vegan. Signaled his ambivalence about using characters to sell fast food while promoting a film. Go, Steve. Go, Steve. There is value in fast food tie-ins, Jobs said then. But there are also some concerns as our society becomes more conscious of some of the implications of fast food. The end of the Happy Meal partnership with Disney comes at a time when the processed and fast food industries are under fire on a number of fronts because of growing concerns about expanding waistlines, particularly among youngsters. Last week, former President Clinton announced an agreement worked out by his William J. Clinton Foundation and the American Heart Association to persuade the makers of Coke, Pepsi, and others to phase out the sale of sugary soft drinks in schools. Yay! But some say the more discreet actions of the entertainment industry could ultimately have a greater influence, especially if other corporate giants follow suit. I think it would have impact in contributing to the cultural change that is necessary, said Dr. J. Michael McGinnis, chairman of a National Academy of Sciences panel that just released a study showing how food marketing adversely affects children's diets. The committee thought it was important for the use of cartoon characters that appeal to children only to be used in the marketing of healthy products. One of the industry's most prominent critics, Fast Food Nation author Eric Schlosser, said it would be huge. Schlosser. Schlosser said it would be hugely significant. He's not vegan. He's not, but he did write a book that a lot of people have read. He's a He's, Is he a slushajita? He's a But he he got the word uh, out about good. factory farms, which is important to people. So he said it would be hugely significant if Hollywood walked away from Happy Meals. It will put more pressure on McDonald's to change what they sell in Happy Meals. The obesity issue would be irrelevant if the food in the Happy Meals was healthy. Yeah, those those Happy Meals ain't so happy. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Something that rhymes with happy. I don't know if we can say it on the radio, can we? Sources on both sides of the agreement say the parting of the ways was mutual, and it's not a complete divorce. McDonald's Fair will continue to be offered in Disney's theme parks. Disney's also leaving open the possibility of McDonald's promotions geared towards adults. Disney released a statement praising its decades-long relationship with McDonald's, adding, While our contract with them will expire at the end of the year, we look forward to a more flexible, non-exclusive relationship where we will be working with them on a case-by-case basis. I love these companies. They're always like... 
we're going to do, you know, it's so, they try to like make it so nice and happy when it's like obvious that they're like, we are ending this because we're not happy with what's going on anymore. Right. They're always trying the to sugarcoat it, for Christ's sake. The media Christ's makes sake. Uh, corporations sound like they're some kind of lovers or something. I know. Lovers of death. <laughs> Happy Meals are marketed to children between the ages of three and nine. A Happy Meal with a cheeseburger, small fries, and Sprite. Wow, that sounds like a Happy Meal, uh, uh, healthy meal for a three-year-old. Total 670 calories with 26 grams of fat and 4.5 grams of trans fat, the fat type that experts say is particularly dangerous. According to a study released last month by the National Center for Health Statistics of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 19% of children ages 6 to 11 are overweight, and 17% of teenagers are overweight. Those figures may be conservative, said James O'Hill, director of the University of Colorado Center for Human Nutrition. He said new government data suggests that as many as 40% of young children are overweight, and about 20% fall into the obese category. That's That's disturbing. OOC, out of control. (laughs) <laughs> OOC. You're oh. down with the new lingo, oh. aren't you, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to be. Somebody's got to be hip in this what, pairing. What's OCD? Is that- no. OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, OOC, yeah. out of control. Ah. Ah. I think you'll be AD. <laughs> <laughs> On to our next story. Japanese firm to market whale meat as healthy. A new company has been established in Tokyo to help sell whale meat that was caught in the Antarctic Ocean under the guise of scientific research, Japanese media reported on Thursday. With the encouragement of the fisheries agency, Tokyo-based Kashoku Labo plans to market whale meat as a low-calorie, low-fat source of protein to hospitals, supermarkets, restaurants, and to individuals via the Internet. Established on May 1st, the company expects to start selling in June more than 1,000 tons of whale meat caught by the Japanese fleet during the November to March research trip to the Antarctic Ocean. Japan began its controversial whale research in 1987 after an international ban on commercial whaling the year before. Members of the International Whaling Commission have condemned Japan's scientific research as commercial whaling in disguise. Japan claims its use... It, it uses a profit from sales to fund the scientific program, which costs up to 6 billion yen a year, according to the newspaper. Since 2000, Japan has increased the number of whales captured for research, with this year's catch of 850 mink whales more than double last year's haul. The That's fleet of, horrible. Yeah. The fleet, I hope the sea shepherd goes out and rams them. <laughs> Ram them! The fleet of eight ships also caught for the first time 10 fin whales, which are classified as endangered. This year's catch of whale meat is expected to reach 5,500 tons and up to 1,500 tons from last year. Greenpeace Japan sees the endorsement of the new company as evidence that Japan is catching whales for commercial purposes and using the research as an excuse. The group's campaign director, Junichi Sato, told Deutsche Press Adventure DPA on Thursday, if it's a research just as the government says, it would not capture nearly 900 whales, including the endangered species, Sato said. This is a clear sign that Japan's whaling is not for research but for business, and it has been all along. It's a ploy! Those Japanese... (laughs) (laughs) Japanese, the country, not the people. Ah. They're bad. (laughs) All right, I think we'll just go on to our next story. There's a rise in dolphin hunts in Japan, so we can Uh, continue to talk about Japan. Okay. Um, The Whale and Dolphin Conservation Society claims the cruel practice of dolphin drive hunts in Japan is being fueled by an increased demand for dolphins in aquaria. The WDCS reports that younger members of pods rounded up out at sea and driven into shore are being picked picked out by aquarium staff and hauled away to be put in captivity. Dolphin drive hunts can take hours and sometimes days, causing prolonged distress as the pod adults try to protect their young and themselves. Once trapped near the shore, the remaining dolphins not taken for aquaria are surrounded by nets where they either suffocate, injure themselves in a panic to escape, or are slaughtered by hunters. WDCS said previous evidence had suggested that drive hunts were decreasing because of a drop in demand for dolphin meat and a rise in the popularity of whale and dolphin watching. However, it said high prices being offered by aquaria in Japan and other countries for the live dolphins captured had become the primary motivation for the hunts to continue. We believe that people would not visit aquariums holding animals captured in drive hunts if they knew the truth about the way in which the whales and dolphins came to be there, said Kathy Williamson, anti-captivity campaigner at WDCS. 
These animals are highly intelligent, self-aware beings. During the hunts, they suffer extreme fear and distress, not to mention the pain of slaughter over a prolonged period of time. Added to this is the stress of confinement in captivity, torn from their families and the life of freedom that they enjoyed in the wild. Yeah, we'd like to urge everyone out there not to go to uh, marine lands or whatever those amusement parks that have any kind of zoos, whales and dolphins and stuff. Yeah, as well as zoos, but especially these. I mean, dolphins are very smart beings, and to trap them in these little pools and make them do tricks is obscene. Obscene. <sighs> All right. OBS. OBS. <laughs> Derek, don't try to be cool. I'm, I don't have to try. <laughs> researcher, the next story is the researcher goes to Japan to study cows. <laughs> Thanks to Pelagus for submitting this on our show forums. A livestock officer is about to embark on a study trip to Japan to examine how cows behave. The researcher from the Department of Primary Industries, Bob Kilger, has been studying animal behavior at the Tranji Agricultural Institute and will travel to Japan to study the behavior of cattle in Japanese beef production conditions. Mr. Kilgar says the results should be able to be used to determine which animals are best suited to intensive production systems. That's pretty sick. Cattle are as invi- are individual as human beings, he said. It's just that we don't think of them in that way. I must admit, if I was a cow with a pair of binoculars on Winard Station at peak hour, I'd probably not think that there was too much individuality in human beings either, but we know that there is. This guy sounds like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's his deal, man? He knows that cows are individuals, and, and he's going he's, over there to find out which uh, type of individual would fit into a confinement system the best. Well, it's, that's it like sounds trying like, to figure out what species of human would be the best type of slaves or something. Well, it's kind of like Temple Grandin, that author who. Uh, she's who, another. Yeah, she's bad news, but I hope this sea shepherd rams her. I, too. <laughs> 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 the Down with Temple. You guys are mean to Temple. I, <laughs> Did you know I was here? Hi. <laughs> Scott, I was wondering oh why you were being so quiet. Oh, my God. Got to be some, fair to Temple. She, she thinks visually and ethics don't fit in there. She, th- yeah. she thinks she thinks like animals, but uh, if she did, she would try to get them to not be slaughtered instead of making it. I'd be angrier to the people who are capitalizing on her, her talents. All right. Mm. On the other hand. We'll put them all in a boat and have them rammed by the Sea Shepherd. Derek. What? <laughs> Does that mean I'm a terrorist? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On to our next Let's story. show them compassion and love. Listeners, let's put our hands together and uh, send out some warm, fuzzy feelings to all the animal exploiters of the world so that they may find the truth. Derek, are you done? <laughs> you're ta- I'm done you're with take- you. Where's that ejector button? You're, you're taking up my news time. Australian activists occupy slaughterhouse. A group of animal rights protesters has been escorted by police from an Australian abattoir after chaining themselves to machinery. Eleven activists sneaked into the Churchill abattoir in Ipswich and chained themselves to equipment. Animal liberation campaigner Noah Hannibal said he and three other activists chained themselves to equipment on the killing room floor, and seven more were chained to equipment in the loading chute where animals are stunned before being killed. Mr. Hannibal questioned the use of angle grinders grinders by abattoir workers and management to cut the activists free. They were terrorizing this young girl because the blade was so close to the face, and they were basically enjoying traumatizing her, he said. Mr. Hannibal said protesters allowed police to escort them off the premises because the girl was so upset. The protest was timed to coincide with the 2006 World Meat Congress in Brisbane and follows a day of action yesterday during which a near-naked woman climbed into a giant meat tray in the CBD, threw fake blood on herself, and covered herself in plastic. Woo, Mama Daddy. That's pretty fun. Miss, Mr. Hannibal said while the group was chained to abattoir equipment for less than two hours, the protest was a success. We did delay the slaughter for a few hours, and that would have cost them some money, said Mr. Hannibal. It's continuing to let the, know, let the world know the cruelty of animal slaughter. Can you hear the name Hannibal without thinking of Hannibal Lecter? <laughs> if Jerry, I was named Hannibal, I'd change my name, I think. Yeah. Geriatric rock star has been... Are you ready for the next story? I don't know. You're not letting me get in my commentary. <laughs> Your commentary is finito. <laughs> <laughs> Geriatric rock star husbands promote hunting with a concert. Eric Clapton has agreed to headline a controversial seven-hour concert supporting the Countryside Alliance in its fight to lift the ban on fox hunting in the U.K., 
Clapton, who is a keen game shooter, will join fellow rockers Brian Ferry, Pink Floyd's Roger Waters, Too Much Cocaine, and Nick Mason, Roger Deltry of The Who, and Genesis guitarist Mike Rutherford at the Sell gig. Out to every one of them. I know. At the gig at Highclere Castle in Berkshire this summer. Cle- Clapton's spokesperson confirmed last night. Eric supports the Countryside Alliance. He doesn't hunt himself, but does enjoy rural pursuits such as fishing and shooting. He supports the Alliance's pursuit to scrap the ban on the, bi- on the basis that he doesn't agree with the state's interference with people's private pursuits. The ban on fo- fox hunting was imposed by the British government in February, and the concert is expected to face opposition from animal rights. That's Oops. right. Here at Vegan Radio, we are wondering when Ted Nugent will be added to the lineup. <laughs> He's got his own concert going. Perhaps the reason none of these over-fermented ex-hipsters can write a decent song anymore is that their brains are addled with dementia from overconsumption of dementia. animal products. Uh, dementia. Dementia. I don't know. Musicians at the point where they start having to wear the hat to sort of show their individuality. You've seen it. They start wearing the hat. The hat? Yeah. That's when they should I thought that was there. to hide their bald spots. Well, yeah. There, there's that, too. <laughs> I think they should call this concert pathetic Palooza. <laughs> <laughs> When a once viral young Roger Daltrey penned the lyrics, Hope I die before I get old. Perhaps he was having a premonition of a concert like this. Get out of the walkers for the aging cock rockers. <laughs> get out the walkers for the aging cock rockers. All right. Who wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> if only I knew. It's so sad. I mean, really? all the rest of them I can see, but Roger Waters, what's he doing? That was, that was a, sad to see his name there. Yeah. That was a little upsetting. Down with Roger. <laughs> You're like down with everybody today. Down with everyone. Ram them with the Sea Shepherd. All right. Oh, We've sorry. only got one more story. Can we make it through without your crazy comments? I don't know. Comments? Is there a musical guest out there? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to stretch this one. Hmm. Dennis, where are you? Last story. Our last story. Wegman's cruelty case activist cleared of charges. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Wegmans, but they're a um, very large chain store in um, New York and Pennsylvania as well. Is that true? Megan and I both used to work there. Oh, many, many a year ago. That was that was way back in the day. We did some activism against them back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wegmans, they have a huge, huge um, natural food foods market section in all of, most of their their grocery stores. Um, so they do offer that, and that's where I worked. I can't and say the same about we, Derek. <laughs> we walked. We walked right through the door with, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> with our integrity intact. Why are you giving me a dirty look, Megan? <laughs> Walk right through the door. Bye, bye, Wakeman's. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, he's here. Woo. Okay. Uh, on to the story. The, uh, what's that? The um, the limit of liability. What's that thing called? The statute of limitations. Statute of limitations has run out. Why? How long does Just it like take? Just like we ran out. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take? Who knows? It depends on the crime. Seven years. So let's talk about what's going on at Wegmans. <laughs> an animal rights activist who sneaked into an egg... You know what? I believe the correct word is snuck. Snucked? An animal rights... <laughs> an animal rights activist snuck into an egg factory to videotape multitudes of egg-laying chickens clumped together in small wire cages was acquitted Thursday on felony burglar- burglarly burglary <laughs> charges. Now I can't now I can't talk. You've been snarkled. <laughs> felony burglary <laughs> charges, but convicted of criminal trespassing, a misdemeanor. Adam Duran, 26, denied on the stand that he broke into the egg farm during three nighttime visits in 2004, saying he climbed in through a hole in the building wall and maintained he had no intention of removing any birds. Fellow activists took away 11 hens because in every case they were sick or dying and there was just this feeling that they needed veterinary care, Duran testified Wednesday. A jury in Wayne County found Duran not guilty of third-degree burglary, which is punishable by up to seven years in prison, as well as three counts of petty larceny. Duran freely admitted enter- entering the building where 700,000 hens produced more than half a million eggs a day and was convicted on three counts of criminal trespassing. Two friends who accompanied Duran to the farm operated by Rochester-based grocery store chain Wegmans and Wolcott, 50 miles east of Rochester, pleaded guilty to reduce charges of trespassing and petty larceny, both misdemeanors. The trio were arrested last summer when Duran, a graphic designer and director of a consumer advocacy group, called Compassionate Consumers, 
produced a 27-minute documentary entitled Wegman's Cruelty that was screened at a Rochester movie house. The film contains footage of hen corpses lying in cages with other live hens, a few that had fallen into deep manure pits running the length of the building, or others with their heads apparently caught in the wire. In a statement, Wegman said, We are pleased with the convictions on the trespassing charges, and although we are disappointed with the other decisions, we do respect the finding of the jury. Our primary concern throughout all of this has been the safety and the security of our egg farm and its employees, oh, yeah. and with protecting our birds from diseases that intruders might introduce. Uh, oh, yes. my the God. animal rights activists are going <laughs> to bring the birds in. Wow, I had no idea that Mr. Wegman was such an animal rights activist himself. <laughs> Eggert, in contrast, expressed gratitude that the jury recognized that rescuing sick and dying hens from Wegman's factory farms is not a crime. People are at least looking now at the way hens and other animal products are being produced and are questioning the treatment of animals and where these products come from, he said. Mostly they come from industrial factory farms, and those places do not want people to see what's happening inside to the animals. That's right. All right. That's it for the Naked News. Put your clothes back on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a little cold and wet out there. I was getting so. uncomfortable with you looking at me all the time. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I was keeping my eyes averted. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Kramer from GoVegan.net, and you're listening to Vegan Radio. So what's up upstairs? It sounds like they're dropping bricks or something. <laughs> I don't know. They're either playing the piano, dropping bricks, or having some kind of trauma. Trauma. All right, here we have uh, our musical guest, Dennis Cromit from hey Spanish Welcome, Dennis. Thank you. Uh, we'll turn on your microphone. Should I uh, put on any headphones or anything like that? Oh, uh, you're good. Well, if you want to hear yourself, you can put on headphones. It's more fun that way, I think. Yeah. We know. That, that way you'll know if you're sucking or not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I already know And that. we don't like to suck at vegan radio, Scott, okay? <laughs> That's right. Unless it's on some tempeh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, so do you want to talk a little about your um, animal right, uh, your vegetarianism or anything like that before? Uh Sure. I, I mean, I guess I, I wanted to um, do the same thing that Arjuna did last week. Sam, I listened to the show. Oh, and, and, and clar- wow. And clarify that, that I'm actually not entirely vegan, but I've been a vegetarian for about six years, and um, which isn't very much compared to a lot of people I know. Right. So, but um, my girlfriend is like, she's been one for almost her entire life, so that's pretty cool. Oh, that's and just awesome. about Yeah, and just about in the last year, um, I started to pay more attention to, you know, all things vegan, and, and you know, at this point... I think I've gotten to the point where, like, you know, drinking a glass of milk, which is something that I used to right. do, is sort of horrifying. Right. <laughs> the idea right. of just, you know, like, I have this uncle who's, uh, he's like this big, burly guy, and he's like, I think he just turned 60, and uh, with every meal, he has, like, a big glass of 2% milk. <laughs> uh, I, it's it's terrifying. Oh, it's <laughs> scary. Know. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, sort of a, fecal I'm sort of a newbie, but, but yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is, you know, what's on the plate. So, you know, why put it in a glass? But yeah, what? what? <laughs> Who am I? They didn't make how did it. I get to vegan radio? How did I? Well, you know, how did I get to... And I heard you say... I'm sorry I was a little late. I, I oh, that's all right. I hope I didn't scare you. But um, for some reason, even as someone who lives here, uh, Florence is confusing to me. And uh, Oh, and, have you made it to evolution yet? Um, is that like a metaphysical question? Or <laughs> is it, oh, we got to turn Megan down. Is that... Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> Sorry if, sorry if that just pierced your ears. Oh, it's it's fine. Uh, I'm going to pierce both my ears one of these Evolution days. Evolution is a... Is it a, a store? V- a cafe Vegan in Florence. Cafe. In, in Florence, did you say? In Florence. Florence. Oh, in Florence. Oh, yeah, really? Where you is, have to stop by. Where is right it in Florence? It's right behind the Texaco station. Yeah. Okay. Which is that kind of shady-looking gas station down the road? Yeah. yeah. Near the front. On your way out of town. Well, near the friendlies from, and stuff? Yeah. Okay. It's behind well, not there? near friendlies. Do you have to like, go through the gas station? No. You just have to turn the, when you're... Just get an oil you, change? You turn... <laughs> you have to get an oil change before you make it over. Okay. Well, we can tell them where it is after yeah. the... Yeah. We'll work on that later. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tell us a little about your song, The Killer. Huh? Well, um, it's... Uh, the Killer is a, is a song for Spanish for hitchhiking. You know, I do, I, I brought you some, you guys some discs oh, too, cool. but, oh, but, um, you know, I do sort of my own thing and then Spanish for hitchhiking and sort of write separately for them. And, uh, this is, um, a Spanish for hitchhiking song, sort of, um, yeah, out of the four people, four, between four and eight people in the band, um, I'm the only, you know, non-meat eater. And, uh, right. so I don't know, I, I think you, Right, we're at a show where we probably had a little argument on stage. We often <laughs> we often have some kind of when we play this song. I, I often say something about 
you know, make some kind of a oh, statement. Oh, you're the odd man out. <laughs> that's that's right. And and you know, or or I say like, you know, like this is for all the vegans or vegetarians or whatever. And and then. And then you, know, you have comments from and your then band. Co- comments like, oh, I wish I had a steak right now. So we always have a little fight, you know. But it's fine. So, the, but this is. <laughs> well, it's nice that they participate. I'm going to bomb them. That's right. It's <laughs> so, nice they participate in the song with you, at least. Yeah, I'm glad that they don't just slam down their instruments and, you know, go, like, find a couple of hot dogs and put them in their ears or something. But yeah, so it's, uh, it's a song for, for, for that, you know, my little anthem. And part of it is, is as, as, I mean, the the slightly narrative part is that there is you know it there's some truth to it there's a there's a person in my life and i won't embarrass him but but uh who, <laughs> no 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 tell us his name oh, embarrass yeah. him. and in his address and um no and he he you know <laughs> his he, no right and he just told me that one, you know one time he was standing in the grocery store and looking at the meat and just saying how could how could dennis possibly not eat all this beautiful meat oh, oh god <laughs> and so this is this is directed directly at him and, and you know the chorus says that you know the killer is you you know. The killer is you. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of the so, meat aisle. I know. Oh seriously. Oh, one fun little thing I could share uh, that will make me feel better about not being a, a full vegan on a, radio, a vegan radio program is uh, this little game that um, my girlfriend and I play sometimes at Stop and Shop, which is where if, <laughs> if you um, if, if you go – oh, I get two mics. This is great. <laughs> I've been staring Double mic. Left side, right side. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I going to say? That – if you can find a little, um, like a children's book, like The Happy Chick or something like that. Or like, you know, Baby Pig goes to the stock market so or something the like false, that. the false farming scenario. Well, whatever. You're just a book about a little baby animal. Like, you know, right. like Freckles the Cow goes to Finland or something, you know? <laughs> and, the, and then you take that book and put it near the appropriate, uh. in, the, oh. in the meat section of the appropriate meat. Oh, man. There's you should have told, told us about this a long time ago. It's a ago. fun little game. So you can take like, yeah, like... You know, Do you think they'll even be smart enough to get it, though? Oh, who knows? <laughs> Those people. No. And I don't mean Those the Japanese. I like I, them. Yeah, thank you. Well, I like the Japanese. I know. You just don't like their... Pro- like that whaling thing the was whaling pretty thing, screwed up. Yeah. That was pretty screwed up. They have, they have a bad relation with animals, just like we do here. Yeah. But there are lots of cute little animal Japanese characters. That's the only one. Yeah, they have the tofu head guide. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. he's pretty cool. And yeah. yeah, I have some sad tooth notepaper. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, let's hear this song you okay. got for us. Should we, should we do it? All right. Uh, Y'all tuned up? Yeah, I might be a little bit scratchy. I haven't, I've been mostly. Uh, uh, no uh, disclaimers. Not, okay, sorry. <laughs> is good like it is finally right to make maybe we could have have just one night of quiet and no more killing where no one screams no animal shouts and it Peaceful on all farms You, you are the slow, slow wreckers of, of beautiful lives It's tiny and new, new just how wrong at the store asking how come I am not so murderous too when the killer the killer is you small tiny babies inside of boxes for one second on your tongue Take a small spirit and just stick a knife in it. It's time you knew, knew 
just how wrong you at the store asking how come I am not so murderous too when the killer the killer is you it's time you knew knew just how wrong you at the store asking how come I am not so murderous too when the killer the killer is you All right, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. Ow, ow. I, I like that. I could hear the lyrics really well with, with the recorded version. I was trying to pick them out a little bit. Oh yeah, it's I had such a lousy little recording setup at the time. So, <laughs> what are you gonna do? So, do you have any um, performance times coming up? What? Yes, and I brought you guys a poster oh, for it. Cool. Um, next Saturday, uh, the twentieth. Um, at the basement. Yep, uh, the Spanish, basement. The basement. Yeah, it's, it's going to. It's going to be a. Yeah, it's going to be a, a rocking show down there. Um, Spanish Ray Jagan, which is me and Dave Hauer and Max Germer and Brian Akey, some of those guys you might know, and um, then the Mitchells. And I actually just saw Caleb walking down the street. I don't know. That's Caleb Wetmore and a bunch of other great fellows in the Mitchells. And um, next Saturday night at the basement should be really fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, I hope all our listeners will go to that. I think we're going to be at the Farm Sanctuary Forum that day, but oh. or, I mean the gala. That sounds fun. 20th anniversary gala of Farm Sanctuary. Oh, awesome. There's going to be all these celebrities there. Oh, really? Very nice. Like yourselves. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, vegan radio will be featured. Most of them aren't as famous as us. (laughs) Right, right, right. That's cool. But at least we got our own little private concert. Well, yeah, no, I I hope you enjoyed uh, it. We'll keep keep our eyes out for your next shows. Awesome. Do you ever do shows with um, Philip Price? Yeah, uh, well, I'm in uh, the band with him, The Winter Pills. and uh, Oh, you are? That's yeah. why you look so familiar. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm in The Winter Pills. Winter and, Pills. Uh, wow. Yep, and Philip um, backs me up um, when I do my solo shows. Right. He, he sings and, you know. Uh, so, you're, so you've got your own thing. My you've own got th- Spanish for Hitchhiking. And you've, and what do you do? In, you, do you play guitar on The Winter Pills? Uh, the Winter Pills, yeah, I just kind of play the electric guitar, backup stuff, and... Um, do some backup singing and stuff, and so that's you know that's like the backup thing. Where it's Spanish, and then myself are sort of the my songs things. Okay, so cool. Let's just focus on that then. Let's just focus on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no the, backup stuff here. No, no. I mean, I, I love being part of the Winter Pills, and we've had a lot of fun. And and, uh, and you just got signed. Yep, uh, signature sounds. Yep. Yeah. And great. Um, so we've been having a lot of fun. We went to South by Southwest and stuff. So cool. Yeah, you were one successful All vegetarian. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, I hope I hope that uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, After the winter pills get big, and then that. you put out your solo album. Well, they love me too, and I, I Philip, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I had to out you that you know you love to cook a big chicken. But um, oh no, all my hopes are dashed about <laughs> Philip Price. But but he also is a great lover of vegetables and very and a great lover. I've heard. No, just yeah, kidding. Right. Oh. Just all right. Kidding. Oh, yeah. All right, we got to go. Um, I hope gotta... that's true. Let's get into that off mic. Put, put on. Philip, like... if you're listening, I'm just joking. Oh my goodness, I'd like to hear more. Of that. We got. We got. Because I mean, it's true. I'm just curious where you. Heard it. <laughs> but, you know, those tours get lonely. <laughs> but all right. Well, we got we got to uh, play our next segment because we're running low on time here. But absolutely, um, I'm sorry, I keep gabbing. We have uh, our vegan media watch episode number one from our sound engineer Scott Latane. Do you need to sit here? Nope, it's uh, pre-recorded. Oh, excellent! And Scotland. so we're going to transition into that, and then nice. we'll uh, discuss these gossipy rumors a little yeah, more. Yeah, right. <laughs> off the mic. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. right. Here we go. Hello, my name is Scott Latine. This is the premiere edition of Vegan Media Watch. Our chance to peer into the corporate funhouse mirror of mainstream culture and see how we look from the other side. In each of these segments, I'll take a look at television ads, newspaper journalism, highway billboards, and dissect the attitudes and messages being promoted about the meat-free lifestyle. This week, Burger King and TGI Friday's latest ad campaigns. Eat meat, sissy. Okay, so I'm uh, sitting at home the other night, and uh, for some reason I'm really bored... And I turn on the television, and uh, on comes this commercial that I couldn't quite believe. Rather than tell you about it, uh, why don't I just play it for you? I am man, hear me roar, the number's too big to ignore, and I'm way too hungry to settle for chick food. Cause my stomach's starting to growl, and 
and I'm going on the prowl for a Texas double whopper. Man, that's good. Oh, yes, I'm a god. I'll admit I've been fed quiche. Way tofu, bye-bye. Now it's a whopper beef I reach. I will eat this meat. Till my any turns into an alley. I am starved. I am incorrigible. Stop a big burger, beef, bacon, jalapeno, good thing down. Yeah! I am hungry. I am hungry. I am incorrigible. I am mad. The Texas double whopper. Eat like a man, man. Eat like a man, man. Uh, that is, to eat like a man, you have to eat meat. Otherwise, you're a sissy or a woman or a mama's boy or something in between. That is to say, it's not appropriate for a man himself to choose not to eat meat. The presumption is that if you're not eating meat, it's because you are giving in to some feminine influence or some woman has uh, control over your dietary choices. And I'd even say that this commercial's influence extends beyond men, that in fact... Uh, Women, who are increasingly competitive with one another, are also susceptible to these messages. If you want to be superior to the kind of woman who starves herself for a man, eat meat. You'll be strong, and you uh, can even show yourself to be superior to vegetarian men. Now, I couldn't get the audio for this other commercial that I was thinking about. This is uh, TGI Friday's commercial. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, this is the pack mentality again. Four men are sitting down to eat their meat dinners at TGI Fridays. One of them, presumably the alpha male, sticks his fork into his slab of meat, holds it up in the air, and declares, MEAT! Two other men sitting with him follow suit, raising up their meat on their forks and declaring, MEAT! And then the last guy raises up a piece of broccoli and declares, BROCCOLI! This is the individualist in the group. The other three guys look at him as if to say, well, we all know the look. What are you, some kind of girly man? At which point our broccoli-loving hero gives into the group, sticks a fork into a sausage on his plate, holds it up, and yells, Sausage! Thereby reclaiming his manhood. Though if you ask me, I don't think there's anything very manly or womanly or individualistic at all about giving in to the group. But the message is one very clear. It is that if you don't go along with the group, and if you don't conform to the standards of manhood, then you are not a man. You will be an outcast. You will be considered effeminate. And it's a very common fear among men, apparently, to be considered effeminate. The hope that Burger King and TGI Fridays have is that you'll see these commercials and go on to the next one and not think critically about them. If you accept these messages, then you are their target audience. Uh, but they are really transparent. Uh, the Burger King commercial intends itself to be ironic. Uh, that's really an ironic sugar coating that they're putting on their message, which they're very serious about. They want you to think this way. And frankly, they're tapping into something which is very real. Social stigmatization is probably an awful lot of what our current political climate is dependent upon. There isn't a lot of critical thought that goes into following Fox News or any of these uh, outlets which consistently lie in order to promote a corporate agenda. The only thing that they count on is that you have uh, a wish or a desire to dominate over somebody else. One way to dominate over another being is to eat their flesh. And creating a sense of self and other is something that is counted upon by all those who seek power and influence, whether that's economic power, political power, sexual power, uh, power and dominance over somebody in your own personal life. Even to the extent that people don't think about what they're doing when they eat meat, that kind of uh, obstinate denial of the act, even when you know that the animals are suffering unnecessarily, even when you know that you're clogging your arteries, there is some aspect in which ignoring these things and doing it anyway is sort of an act of dominance or an act of will. 
Whether these attitudes are in fact prevalent in the culture or not isn't really the point. The point is that the media can create the appearance that they are, and that's all that matters. Just as there are those who would say, well, why would Fox News or the government lie to us? After all, they are there to serve our interests and to keep us informed and to protect us. In the same way, there are those who will say, well, why would Burger King present a message that was not acceptable to the masses? My woefully uneducated guess is it has something to do with profit. This has been Vegan Media Watch. I'm Scott Latin. See you next time. Oh, yes, I'm a guy. I'll admit I've been fed quiche. Way tofu, bye-bye. Now it's a whopper beef I reach. I will eat this meat. Till my any turns into an owie. All right. And he turns into an outie. Mmm, that's such masculine imagery. <laughs> I don't know what kind of imagery that is. Nothing that I want to think about. Yeah, well, they're, they're all going to be uh, needing Viagra when their arteries are all clogged up. We know that. Well, that's frankly, true. you know, if you eat a quiche, if you eat quiche every day, don't worry. You're, you're definitely doing the manly thing because you're going <laughs> to... You're going to get the same result, even though it is the combination of the ovum and the lactose, you know, like milk mm-hmm. kind of mother image there. The quiche doesn't necessarily represent a motherly kind of thing. Right. But uh, yeah. Real men don't eat quiche unless it's vegan quiche. <laughs> so I wish I had uh, described that commercial with more detail because there are such amazing images in it. The, in particular, my favorite is the, the woman at the end in the pink leotard with the du- double Texas Whopper on a <laughs> silver shovel. In oh, front of a well, they muscle push, man. They push a um, minivan off a bridge. Of course, a minivan is like the soccer mom car. Right. This guy it lands says. in a dump truck, and then there's this muscle guy pulling the dump truck right. with a whopper in front of him held by a woman in, wow. in uh, scantily clad. It's incredible. Now, this is the Texas double whopper. It's incredibly whopper. unbelievable. Of course, I thought the Texas double whopper was uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, but... <laughs> Apparently but it's um, uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> Bush and Cheney, one of them. Mm. All right, well we have uh, Aaron on the line from um, Alchemy Cafe. She used to work at Blossoming Lotus in Hawaii. Can you hear us, Aaron? I can hear you. You there? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I've been on a raw vegan diet for almost a month now. It was a little challenge I gave myself, a little test I wanted to try out, and you I feel almost great. almost completed it, but. You had a couple slip-ups. And Erin came along in the nick of time to, uh, to help me out because she, she used to cook it, or not cook, to prepare food at the Blossoming Lotus in, how do you say it, Kauai? Kauai, yeah. Uh, Hawaii. And now she's at Alchemy in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. And so um, thank you, Erin, for all yeah, your... thanks for having me on your show. Great advice. She t- told me how to use a dehydrator. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Aaron sent me this list of, uh, you know, your raw foodist when um, last night. And I thought that would be a good way to go through to see if I am a raw foodist yet. Um, and maybe Aaron could help with some of these things that don't make sense to most of us. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to read some of them, Megan? Sure. You know you're a raw foodist when you carry your own chopsticks or wood bowls. Um, I don't do that yet. Okay. That's okay. I don't do that yet either. Okay. You drink out of a glass mason jar. I've done that for a long time. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I think some of these are like crossover into like vegan, uh, yeah, environmentally so. aware person. Ah, uh, okay. You often ask, is this structured water? What does that mean? Um, structured water is, it's sort of like structured water is in fruits and vegetables. Like there's the water content of organic things like that um, have, like, this really beautiful structure to them. And water, like tap water, city water, and dirty water um, has, like, a really, doesn't really have a structure to it. And when you drink water, your body has to restructure the water to have it work within your body. Um, so if you drink structured water already, it your body doesn't have to work to do that, and it's better. It gives you more life and energy. So basically, uh, you're saying you should be getting your liquid from the fruits and vegetables. Well, that is true in raw foods. A lot of raw foods don't really have to drink that much water because you get so much water from what you eat. But, right. Um, but you can read Unless you're eating a lot of water. dehydrated food. <laughs> then you do need a lot of structured water. <laughs> so, um, well, that's cool. All right, what's next? No, what's next? 
blue-green algae ice cream makes your mouth water. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that yet, so I had I some. I haven't had it either, but I've had some amazing raw ice cream before. Yeah. Um, let's see. You will not sweat over spending ten bucks on a rare fruit. I've done that. Well, you not have? ten bucks, no. But I, I go to the stores and I like to buy the really weird looking things and see what they taste like. Yeah. Well, what like did the they? Ugly fruit and. Uh, I'm not too big on the ugly fruit. Well, I've I've had some good ugly fruits and some bad ugly fruits, you know. <laughs> did I tell you that I got some really good fruits at Stop and Shop? <laughs> yeah, you can get some good stuff at Stop. I and have Shop. to tell you, they yeah. Unfortunately, they weren't they weren't organic, but they were very I don't know very good. Have you guys ever had durians before? I've had like durian in in a sh- like in a vegan shake. You I know how if you go to like some people are really like obsessed with them, and they're, I just—they're the ones totally that kind of—they have a funny smell, though, right? They smell like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just disgusting. But I know lots of raw foodists are really into durians, so maybe there's something that happens when you become raw, like your taste change, and all of a sudden you like yeah. things that taste like that and smell like that. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember it tasting bad. Do you think it tastes like? I think it's more of like the smell. It's yeah. the smell. Yeah, that's yeah. well. Your smell and your kinda... taste buds are kind of yeah. tied together. Yeah. I mean, poop might taste good, but who's going to try it? <laughs> besides uh, people who drink milk. Then. <laughs> besides people who drink milk and eat meat that get the residual poop. But. Yeah, yeah. As vegan, so, I wouldn't eat yeah. poop. So you know you're a raw foodist when you make sexy noises while eating a mango. Has that happened to you, Derek? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, mango. Especially like a really oh, mango. ripe, juicy, dripping mango. Oh, juicy, dripping mango. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know your food is when it doesn't phase you to discuss bowel care over dinner or share your mucoid plaque pics. I talk about my bowel movements a lot, but... Um, <laughs> that yeah. not, has nothing to do with you What's being What's a raw? mucoid plaque pic? Um, pic? That's the result of cleansing your colon oh. and... Um, you know you all go, about that. Like Derek. on the web, you can actually see pictures of people's <laughs> like weird stuff that's come out of their colon. So it's like a a mother with a baby hy- picture. Somebody it's, it's carries around their pictures of their little uh, colon babies. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the more like cleansing and detox kind of stuff that you've done, like I feel like there's this kind of community of it, and people like to talk about it. It's kind of interesting. I mean. Maybe you don't want to admit that's interesting, but it is. I mean, if something like really long, like twenty feet long and rubbery and black comes out of your collar, that's just kind of interesting. Has that happened you know? to you? <laughs> <laughs> Good lord! Is this so? Basically, you're talking about pictures of colon hydrotherapy. Um, is that what you're talking about? No. Well, I guess through that, things like that could come out too. I mean, a lot of it's just like different kinds of cleansing. You know, you can do it. Okay. Not not per, not necessarily colon hydrotherapy. No, but so I sometimes think. they just come out spontaneously. <laughs> no, like, you've got to be like, like alien stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Detoxing. Because I've been waiting. It's like it's like <laughs> well, alien. Actually, the raw food diet is like kind of a slow, more like mild form of detox. You know. So you never. So what know, if it only Derek? comes like halfway out, and then you have to pull it the rest of the way out? Is it? That... <laughs> oh, Derek, what? you're done. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, Megan skipped over this one. You know you're a raw foodist when you can tell the difference between um, goji berries and where wolf, is it? Wolf, wolf berries. Wolf berries. <laughs> I know what goji berries are. What's a wolf berry? Well, I really kind of always thought they were the same thing. So maybe, <laughs> I mean, they're they're in the same family. I just thought they were different names for the same kind of berry, but uh, maybe they're slightly different. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Um, we stumped the we stumped the expert. Any more you want to read off here, Megs? What, you find inside air conditioning uncomfortable? Mm. Is that... It's just unnatural, you know? Mm, okay. How about you send vibes into your food and bless it before enjoying it? Do you do that, Derek? <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's really important. And, like, no matter what you're eating, because if your food is made with love and you bless it and give thanks for it, then... It's good. It's like really good nourishment going into your body. So what if you like cut its throat and pull out its uh, bowels and then bless it and cook it and eat it? Is that all right? Well, I guess in the whole range of things, it would be better than, you know, an animal that you killed and disemboweled and then just ravenously ate and didn't really care, you know. Okay. But 
I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that at home, listeners. Anyway, you do it. Next. Leave out the meat. All right. So, um, well, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, my, my raw diet, I think, has been a great success. I've lost some weight. My body is looking really hot. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listeners. I stand in front of the mirrors for hours nowadays. Derek's way ahead of himself, if you know what I'm saying. Way ahead of himself. He and, has lost some weight, though. Yep. And uh, yeah, I can fit into all my old clothes. And I feel great. <clears throat> um, Derek, do you mind if I mention um, a raw food event that's coming up? Sure. Um, at Alchemy Juice Bar, um, which is in Hartford, and their website is alchemyjuicebar.com. Um, on June 11th, we're going to be having a um, luscious, sumptuous raw food dinner. And um, mm. they're set price tickets, and you can buy them by calling us. And um, okay. it's from six to nine, and it's going to be very beautiful. There's going to be five courses of really amazing raw food, which I'm the chef for. So I hope awesome. you'll be making a vegan raw dessert. Well, all the raw stuff is vegan, Megs. Okay. Well, yeah. will you They're be not making serving a dessert? Sushi. Yes, there's two different desserts. Oh, good. <laughs> and, so, how, and how much are the tickets? Well, we can't. We can't. Forty-five, um, I believe. 45. Talk about that on the radio, but if you go to our show notes. Uh, there's a link to the Alchemy website, and you can find out everything about it. Um, that about wraps up our show, I think. Thanks a lot for calling in, or for us, for talking to us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Good night, Derek. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, it's, it's been really good being raw, and I look forward to uh, exploring the diet a little more. All right, Erin, I'll talk to you later. All Thanks, right. Erin. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Yep, okay, bye. bye. All right, listeners. You've wasted another perfectly good hour. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us for another episode of Vegan Radio. Find out more about anything we talked about on the show. Be sure to check our show notes at www.veganradio.com. All the episodes of Vegan Radio are available to download on our website. You can also subscribe to the Vegan Radio podcast at our website, so it'll be delivered fresh to your computer every two weeks. Our live show streams on the web at www.veganradio.com. You know your Jones in for some tofu. You know your Jones in for tofu. www.valleyfreeradio.org from noon until 1 p.m. Eastern Time on alternate Thursdays. While you're at the website, check out our show forums and sign up for our email list so you can keep up with the latest news and happenings. We have forums set up for you to share news stories with us and have further discussions about topics that we cover in the show. Let us know you're out there listening and what you'd like to hear about on our future shows. We encourage our podcast listeners to write us a review at the Apple iTunes Music Store or any other podcast site that you frequent. Vegan Radio is a production of Veganica.com, and all content is copyrighted. Feel free to share our shows with your friends, but if you want to steal them for your own nefarious purposes, you better watch out, because the vegan police will find you. And we'll take you to jail. Uh, We'll see you in another two weeks for the next episode of Vegan Vegan Radio. Radio! Woo-woo!